Two Humorous Nurses would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we record the podcast, the Yorty Ordination. We pay our respects to the Elders past and present and extend that respect to other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who are listening today. Always was, always will be. Two Humorous Nurses with Kelly and Alicia. The podcast that prefers Vegemite over jam. Welcome to Two Humorous Nurses, where we plan to bring you funny, informal, conversational chat about all things nursing. Today we're having a chat with the biggest ED jamming dude we know, or at least that we follow on Instagram. Benny makes ED look like someplace I will continue to avoid. But if you like the thrill of trauma and adrenaline, like Benny and Alicia, then you will love his podcast, ED Jam, or as I say it in my head, Ed Jam. Jam. <laughs> uh, Benny is a clinical nurse educator and a previous manager of a trauma centre and he is also a dad and in his own words, an absolute ocean throffer. And just a side note, he's literally just completed 105 kilometre runs in 100 days. Yeah, baby. That's it. What a crazy person. That <laughs> commitment. Yeah, I was committed. Committed to the cause. Yeah. What was the cause? Uh, just to, I don't know. <laughs> it was a bet. I, I sat in there in, um, in ED with one of the doctors and he was joking saying, you couldn't run for 30 days. And I was like, well, piss off, I'll run for 30 days. So I'll I started, run for 100. Yeah, so I ran for 30 and then I was like, I'll just keep running, a bit like Forrest Gump. Jimmy. Um, I I decided to keep running and then I thought, yeah, well, there's a couple of people at work that wanted to get motivated. So I thought I'll just keep going. So hundred days. So good. Um, Yeah, it's good. Yesterday was my last day. So it was good. The only thing I've probably done for a hundred days is eat junk food. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely not. That was not open seven days. <laughs> I know when I'm stressed because I'll be like, hmm, it's been a few days. <laughs> anyway, we digress. I can see this is going to be a great episode. <laughs> um, so welcome, Benny. It's so nice to have you on our podcast. Um, tell us how you came to love ED because I'm sure people want to know. Yeah, cool. Um, I My background, I did like a sports science degree at uni, so I was kind of interested in the body and that sort of crap. Um, that sort of crap. Um, <laughs> my, my sister ran an orphanage in Africa, so I was like, oh, dude, I'll go. So I decided this is a true story. So I decided to go to Africa. I decided to start it. And I literally worked there. And I was like, dude, this place is next level. And um, we were doing things like delivering babies, like just – People were coming in with some pretty decent injuries. I'm like, this is actually pretty fun. Like, I actually started to enjoy the kind of, I don't know. How old were you? Hang on. Did you say she ran an orphanage? Yeah, my younger sister did. Yep. Yeah, she was and 19. You went, and you delivered babies at the orphanage. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah well, like, like there's a local medical centre attached to it. So oh, I'd go okay. And watch and sort of, like, hang out a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. I was kind of watching it going, like, working in a medical centre looks pretty interesting or working in some sort of, like, yeah. Or people. That's how it sort of started. 
Um, and I went oh. home and thought, what could I do to help? And I thought, oh, I'll try nursing. But then I was like, oh, I don't know if it's for me. And did a first rotation in an ED as a student. Yeah. And I was like, this is me. This is totally me. I've got ADHD kind of, you know, I need to be working fast. This I feel like an ED fun. is good for ADHD, like D vibes, because it's like oh. chaos, somewhat yeah. controlled chaos. It's awesome. I do not do well there. <laughs> I do not do well. <laughs> so that's, that's what sort of led me to doing it um, and loving it was straight away. I walk in the environment. It's fast paced. You can learn something new every day. Um, you can work with different people. So if someone annoys you within five minutes, they've gone on the new shift. It's perfect. Um, yeah. If you annoy someone else, you're on your break. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what, that's what made me sort of fall in love with it, to be honest with you. Yeah. How do you... Prepare for like shifts in in an ED or in a trauma center because it's obviously a very demanding job and you you'd have to go into it with some level of like preparation in your mind or yeah. do you just go in and go whatever comes comes? Yeah, I think as I've got older, I've learned like to sort of go whatever happens happens on my shift. Before I used to do a lot more preparation before I'd go into work. To be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and I think the way I prepare is there's probably, to be super honest with you, in the 10 years or 12, oh, sorry, 11 years of doing ED, there's probably been two days I haven't enjoyed it, as in like I mm. didn't want to be there. So I generally love the environment that I work in. Yeah. Um, the way I prepare, like I'm a bit of a, I said before, I've got to do something. So jump in the ocean, run, do something with the kids. Um, and then I'm a, I'm a bit of a like preparer in the sense that I'm mentally tell myself I'm kind of like what's the point in doing being a half-ass person I'm not a half-ass person like I'm either a 120 all in or I'm not there so my idea is if I'm in ED I'm giving it 120 like my yeah. dad used to don't half-ass it yeah so I just think you know what if I'm going to be there I can either be a good nurse or a shit one a crap one yeah I'm going to be the good one yeah, yeah absolutely it's just that it's just like all I'm going to do the best job I'm there I'm there 12 hours get it done, get in there and get it done. So that's sort of my environment. I've yeah. always had the mentality, like similarly, that like what's the point of being there if you're not going to like pride yourself on the work that you're doing Absolutely. And, and feel like you're actually, like it's so cliche but making a difference. Like even, you know, my shift today, as busy as it was, it was chaotic, but every single patient had absolutely legitimate reasons for being there. And it, you know, you've, yeah, you feel like what's the point of coming? Like there, there are people that just coast through their work and that don't, it, they don't like self-reflect, I guess, and they don't identify with the work that they're doing. They just do it for the sake of yeah. it or just to get it done. But I'm, I'm like you, like I'm not like that at all. Like I have to feel like what I'm doing is of high quality and, and that that's the kind of nursing that I would want if I came to hospital. So, you know, I'm with you. 100%, eh? I think that's mm. true. Because you're already there. I'm like, what the hell? Like, you, you turn up, you've got your yeah. like, you want to wear blue scrubs. Like, they don't look okay. good on you. I mean, like, you're already wearing blue scrubs. I mean, get it done. You've yeah. put, if you've put the energy into getting up to get there. like And you yeah. put the energy into doing the studies and, like, paying all this exactly. money and doing yeah. placement for no fucking money. Like, you might as well do a good job and be a good nurse. There are jobs that you can have where you can go and do fuck all all day. Yeah, like exactly. you can go and have and job, do badly. Like, and you're not gonna you're not dealing with bodily fluids or people at their absolute worst and get abused. You know, you can go and just do a menial job entering data for pretty good money as well. Like 
I mean, you can understand people in those jobs. But in our jobs, like you can't be a nurse just for the paycheck. I couldn't do that because it's, you know, like today I got recognition just for doing my job. Like a patient Mm. brought me, bought me like Easter stuff. And my daughter, brought my daughter an Easter gift because... Yeah, and they're like, you you know, we couldn't have got through the last three weeks without you. And I'm like, well, you oh. probably could have, but it's nice, you know, like. <laughs> what do you mean? You had COVID for half of that. No, so did they, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your role now. What do you do yeah. now? In So I guess now I'm a clinical nurse educator in ED. My background was sort of working at a trauma centre as a case manager in trauma before that. So that was more... Um, you know, when a trauma would come in, I'd be with a trauma team, a surgical registrar, um, a junior, another junior doctor, and then um, a senior nurse and myself. And we'd go down to traumas, obviously attend them, whether or not someone being shot or stabbed or, and then we'd follow them through the process of sort of being in emergency to the ward, to ICU, checking on them day four, day five, day six, that sort of stuff. Mm, that's I cool. love that. Yeah. I, mm. I love trauma. I actually really like get excited. Profit. About yeah, for, I love it. Yeah. Um, but now I'm a clinical nurse educator in ED, which is a little bit different in the sense that I'm in a smaller, like not as big tertiary trauma centre. However, our patient presentations are getting quite big. So um, yeah. we're actually getting really busy in terms of what we're seeing. Um, and my job is basically to, obviously, as a clinical nurse educator, to teach every nurse from any stage, from triage to their first day. You know, people are starting tomorrow, their yeah. first day. They'll see my ugly face. And I work in all different areas. So most of the time I do spend a lot of time on the floor, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I've been at triage for 12 hours today, you know, so. I love that just, though. Yeah, it's just part And of people appreciate that in their educators, that you're actually there with feet on the ground. Yeah. And during COVID, like we were we were pulled off being educators and just put on the floor. For yeah, a lot of course. Of that time. So good and bad, good because I got, you know, I love clinical stuff, so it doesn't bother me, but bad because I felt like, Sometimes I want to be able to impart some education and reflect on a big case. Mm. We didn't have time to do that. So, yeah, that's my main job. Um, and I do love I do love seeing people learn stuff. So, yeah. yeah. We love teaching as well. Yeah, like, sick. Super being able to pass your knowledge on to someone is a really empowering part of nursing, I think. Like I love showing off what I know in a sense that I, I'm not doing it to like big note myself but to teach people and make them feel confident in what they can do. And in an ED environment, I imagine as a grad or um, as a new nurse that that could be really overwhelming yeah. if, you know, probably more so than like a med surge ward or something. So to have an educator that's like I imagine you would be super fun to work with. <laughs> I try not. I don't see the point. Like, and we said this before. Like, nurses have a bit of a dark sense of humour. Like, <laughs> like we, 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 you know, like we, we just can't help ourselves. Like, there's no, you know, you have to laugh. You've got to make a joke. Yeah, laugh yeah. yourself. You're really in the wrong job. I just and have I to say, it. all you have to do is watch one of your stories from your Instagram, <laughs> and I feel like you get the whole picture of who you are. It's like. <laughs> It's so good. I love it. I and when we running in the rain the other day, oh. I was just like, you were like, just go out at 120 and you're like sweats running off you oh. and it's oh. pissing down with rain and I was like losing it. I was like, oh, I could almost go for a run. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good and bad. I think, I think it's bad sometimes because I expect other people to be at the same pace. 
Yeah. yeah. And I look at it and, like, you know, I remember the height of COVID, one of the nurses was dead set, like, on the shakes, like, didn't want to go into the room. And I'm like, no, no, get on, let's get the PPE on. I'm all good Put on, goggles on, I turn around, she's gone. I'm like, not even my freaking patient. She's like, you get the COVID, yeah. I'm a bit like you too when I work with other people. I'm like, I'm, I feel like, not that I hassle them, but I, in my head I think, well, you should be able to do anything that I can do in the same time frame. Like, and so I'm like, yeah. where are we up to? With, is that done yet? And they're looking at me like, are you nuts? Like, of course not. I'm still, I'm still writing my notes. And I think, fuck yeah. me, I've seen three patients in the time you've seen one. Like, yeah. come on, get with the program. So You're wasting good. my time. I want to go to lunch. Yeah, and that's exactly yeah. what she says. And then they cry in the med room. Yeah. Off. They do. <laughs> it, it, it's a, um, it's a, you gotta, it's hard. You've got to be tactful. Yes, you've got to do it in a. <laughs> now, yes, we digress again. <laughs> Tell us about your podcast. We want to know. So I run like a, you know, you got your podcast is way bigger than mine, but I just run a little medical podcast. Oh, that, I don't think hardly. it is. Yeah, We're only just, you're, you're catching our tails. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah basically i I started a podcast i had the idea a while ago but um i just i'm a bit of a mess hot mess like i didn't know what i was doing with my life um hello (laughs) i just spent half an hour trying to get my fucking sound going (laughs) that was very enjoyable what watching you do it and and you were resourceful and you worked it out well i'm pretty sure i just did whatever kelly told me to do (laughs) Hey, that's that's resourceful, isn't it? Directions. <laughs> right, we digress. Continue, Benny. Yeah, so I run a podcast. Its aim is for yeah junior nurses or nurses, doctors, paramedics, um, and to inform them and keep them up to date with emergency medicine. Basically, um, I try to sort of put up patient stories because I find them super interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, just, it's mainly just so that people can you know hear about. I don't know, paracetamol overdoses and then look at it up and go, oh, cool, that's what we do in those circumstances. There's heaps of American stuff out there at I the I listened moment. to that episode. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I listened to your paracetamol overdose because where I worked in Broome, we used to um, have that happen quite regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we used to often have to put up, um, and I don't even remember, I was in AN back then so I was never involved, but infusions to help uh, before we – Sometimes we'd have to send them down to Mel, um, Perth because yeah. um, they were quite sick. But, yeah, I, th- I found that really – I find your guests and the way you interact with them quite riveting. Like I, yes. Yeah, like you – and I listened to one recently that you had um, the resilience oh, one. Yeah. Who, what was yeah. his name? The doctor. Yeah. Um, and I listened to it with my hubby in the car and just the way that like – yeah, it was so amazing. I just I thoroughly enjoyed it, and um, and I think yeah, if you haven't listened, even if you're not into it, I mean, you've got one on a shark attack to listen I really, to. Like. I really loved um the one you did on like how to run a recess. I really, really loved that one, and yeah. you interviewed someone that I am obsessed with, and I couldn't believe that you interviewed him, Armando. I like found him on YouTube. On YouTube, and his videos are fucking sick. Like, if anyone, and I'm sorry to plug him on your podcast, on our podcast. I'm friends with him. Plug him away. Oh, mate, he's amazing. I, like, watched all of his videos when I was a junior nurse, and even when I became an A-num, and then, like, in our hospital, if you're the A-num, like, you run the resus, there's no doctors. 
And so I was like obsessed with all of his videos for so long. And then you interviewed him and I was so excited. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I know someone that knows him. (laughs) He's an amazing human. Like he's, you'd be doing a ward round and everyone's all proper. And then you come up and like kick the back of your leg and like, <laughs> like he's just the, cool, the coolest guy. He'd be, and and yeah. so knowledgeable. He'd be like a patient would go, oh, I've got what? What did that doctor just say? He's let me show you. And you draw it on a napkin. Mate. Like, oh, bro, this mm. I've got that. He's, yeah. Oh, so he's yeah for anyone who doesn't know his videos like he talks about anatomy and physiology and then draws these little pictures and it just sticks in your mind it's amazing so thank you for bringing him to my ears i absolutely loved it and he's a a great guy actually i'm gonna eventually i spoke to him yesterday actually about doing a a little um webinar conference thing with him and he's like yeah like Mm. so he's so cool he's like a BPT oncology guys like no worries we'll work it out like he's so chill <laughs> <That's great. laughs> like what okay cool <laughs> who has been your favorite guest to have on your podcast um my favorite guest I, one of the most personal ones was uh, some of the patients I've looked after um which was one of the shark attack ones because I actually looked after him and used to see him oh. on the wall, Brett so that was pretty powerful for me because um I used to go up and see him and give him surf magazines and stuff Oh, that's cool. And the other one was a friend of mine who was bitten by a brown snake, Christian, um, because that was a story about rural and Indigenous health, and that was actually pretty powerful because he does so much for Indigenous communities in Australia, and I just um, and he's a midwife. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Ooh, um, we'll have to write that down. Yeah, so yeah. He's, <laughs> he's probably one of my favorite, uh, just because he just does so much for us, the Australian communities, I just sort of take my hat yeah. off. That's awesome. Yeah. It's so funny. The first time I met him, he was in a recess. He had dreadlocks. He's doing CPR <laughs> and the, he's got bells in his dreadlocks and they're going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> this guy? It's Christian. I'm like, I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's so funny. And he can't, oh, it sounds bad. He can't die, but he's been in so many accidents and he still survives. I don't know. Oh. Man, some people just have nine lives. Oh, bro. Yeah. He's I've got a patient like that who just his medical his like past medical history list is just like so long and he's not meant to like he's die. Winning. What if people only listen to one episode? What episode should they just go and listen to? Like oh. right now, once once I finish listening to ours. Listen to yours first. Um, gee, now now you stumped me. I, I did like my episode with Dan Pronk, the one you suggested. Yeah. Um, Dan's an amazing doctor who served in Afghanistan and he talks about um, being resilient and his um, book, The Resilient Shield, I thought that was really good because so often at, at the moment so many nurses are just getting hammered Yeah. Um, and reading that book or even listening to him talk about it, if you like trauma, he blew my mind. Some of the things that he was saying that like they you do so much training around trauma and like the what-ifs that when it actually happens on the field, it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah, that was crazy. I was like, yeah. what do you mean that it's not big a deal? I do ALS every year and if that happened in front of me, I'd be dead. I'd be <laughs> like, I'm talking about see ya. <laughs> like, and he's like, yeah, you know, someone stood at an IED and, like, it, yep. it wasn't that bad. And I was like, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Like, it's- yeah. I feel like in nursing it's worse. You do all this training on, like, baby dummies and then when a baby comes in that actually looks that pale, you just about shit a brick. Yeah. Like, so true. I feel like it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> and then, that's, yeah. what, that's what blew me too because I'm like, 
like we do so many things in the hospital like intubation stuff is always like mm. you know they lose their way they intubate and he's like oh bro we can't in the field we can't do that like if if we need to tube it's too dark if we open a light on a laryngoscope someone's oh, yeah. going to shoot me. So that was so. That point was so interesting. He's like, you're doing things with like night vision goggles on because you can't turn a light on because then the enemy yeah, know you're there. And yeah, I'm like, I forgot you're in a war. Like that was the yeah. same. Like we'll just do a tube. And he's like, no, no, you can't do that. I'm like, what do you mean you can't do that? Like, he's like, no, 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 you're gonna get shot. I'm like, oh bloody hell, you could get shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Afghanistan. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And I'm like bloody hell. Yeah. Who would be your dream guest to have on your your podcast? Oh gee, um, I've I really I'm a big um. It sounds really bad. I'm really into like um, like motorsport stuff. So I'm pretty keen to get someone on from the MotoGP, someone that's like mm. into yeah that sort of stuff. Um, the other person I'm really keen to get on. Um, I've got a guy I've emailed recently, a guy who climbed Everest, um, oh. and I want to get someone from some wilderness medicine doctor. So if anyone knows oh. anyone this medicine i want to chat with someone like that mm, um, scott weingart is some dude who's like the king of tra- of the king of like podcasting so i want to actually just chat with him mm. uh, i sort of aim high i generally hear yeah. the ceiling but i just go to like, like that's how we got georgie carroll i just sent yeah. her an instagram dm and i was like come on my podcast she's like okay yeah. <laughs> no, i reckon you got to go i reckon so many people limit themselves because they just think Oh, they wouldn't write back to me. And what's my? I've got yeah. It's so small. Dan Pronk. I literally had a leaflet open on my desk about military trauma because I was going on this yeah. girl's podcast about how to put on tourniquets. And then this girl <laughs> walked in first day and goes, "I work for like the military out at Livo." She goes, "That's Dan Pronk. He's one of the most amazing doctors. He's on SAS Australia." So I was just being like a bit cocky. I'm like, I'm going to message him right now. We're just joking. Yeah. Yeah. I messaged him on Instagram legit. Like I wrote stuff. He's, hi, Dan, name's Benny. I run a podcast. I'm not joking. An hour later, I get back to my phone. I'm like, he wrote back. <laughs> so I did that with um, Dr. Emma, you know, the Dr. Emma from the emergency show. Yeah. The, um, I messaged her and she wrote back. And said, I'll give you a podcast to listen. But then I've never heard back. So I'm like, I should just message her again. Because yeah, I would love to have her on. Mate, I'm yeah. fast and loose with the Instagram DMs, especially when it's like companies, if I can try and get um, discounts. Yeah. never had I just message free. them. I'm like, hey, can I have a discount code for my listeners? That's what you get. Yes, you can do that. It's good. Yeah. Tell us a story, like an ED trauma story, like the one that you tell at a dinner party. That's funny? It doesn't have to be funny. Just No, no, any – well, you can follow it up with a funny one. I laughed the other week when we were talking and you were, like, telling us about this really sad case with some kids and then you're like, but then a woman came in with something stuck up her vagina and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's the thing, hey, you've got to be able to switch between, you know, something's in my toe to something's up my bum to, oh, my gosh, my arm's off. That's the kind of, you know. Yeah. I think my favourite one, and I still love this one because it just showed me how everyone handles pain differently. I had this guy run up, and I was at triage, I remember this, um, at one of the old trauma hospitals, and he runs up, and I'm not joking, he's white, pale, he's holding his hand, and he's just screaming. He's like, ah! like running in. I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I'm thinking, you know, you're, you're there, and you're like, oh, I'm thinking, surely he's got his fingers off. Easy. Like, we get that all the time. 
So I'm like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. So I bring him in and he wouldn't even let me open. He's like screaming. There's some, a little bit of blood there. I'm like, yeah, yeah cool. And then at the same time, another a, a big Islander guy walks up. He's like, hey, bro, can I see a trail? I'm like, oh, hey, bro, um, just give me a second. He goes, oh, yeah, wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. And, and like he waits. <laughs> and my, my, my New Zealand accent is not very good, so I'm sorry about that. It's great. I love it. And, and then so I open this guy's hand up, and I'm not joking. He had like a fingernail off, not even that, all right? <laughs> And there's a bit of blood around the hand. It's all dry. Like it was, it was so tiny. Like I'm not joking. Like he could have just gone home. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but he's screaming out like in pain. Like and I'm so he's just requiring so much of my time. So I'm like, oh bloody hell! So I'm trying to put him somewhere. I go back to the like I'm putting him down. Eventually I get into the side. I open the door for the Kiwi guy, and then his 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 friend runs up. And goes, hey, cuz, and he brings him up. His his finger, <laughs> finger in the job in, in the job site. The big Kiwi lad. And he's standing there with one finger left. The Kiwi guy goes, oh, I thought he was worse. Hey. Oh. Oh. And he goes, oh, he must have a hand off. And I'm like, he doesn't have a hand no. off. He's got a nail. He's got a paper cut. Yeah. So I still love just like, like, and the way that this guy was rolling around, it's like he was dead. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, bro, this is just like the epitome of just what it's like. Another funny one that I love, it's got to do with limbs. But we had a guy who was on a building site, long story short. And he had a fight with his mum, obviously not mentally very well. And his mum was his mum was basically blowing up, saying the house looks crap, like you're the worst builder ever. So they're having this big fight. Uh, he made a mistake, and she's like, "Oh, you've got two left hands," like basically paying him out. So he got his hand, drop oh. sword, drop sword the hand off, okay, and then he basically puts it on the table. Okay, he's not obviously mentally well. Yeah. Long story short, I mean that's crazy. He comes to ED. That's not the funny part. The funny part is I had to walk around to x-ray with a hand and put it on the table <laughs> to x-ray. x-ray. Oh, my God. Ability to love teaching. I'm like, oh, so what, guys, what do you notice with the x-ray? And everyone's like, oh, bone looks good, bone looks good. Bone looks good. It's not funny. And, and I'm like, uh, what about the attachments? And one of the girls goes, oh, my gosh, there's no radius. And I'm like, it's not attached. <laughs> Um, and, then the, and then the radiology girl, they're super funny, goes, is this the flipping Adams family? Is this hand going to run off the table? <laughs> oh, <laughs> my god! Yeah, you get that stuff that's... Um, Do you know yeah, something? I feel, like, I feel like the stuff that you see all the time that you are totally desensitised to is the stuff yeah. that in country hospitals we might get one a year and it all, we all yeah. just go fucking mental. Like... <laughs> And you're just like, it's every day. Like, oh, we get fingers off all the time. I'm thinking if someone came to our hospital with a finger off, everyone would fucking lose it. (laughs) I um, answered the doorbell in urgent care once when I was um, doing after hours manager on a weekend and this bloke had this bloody towel held to his face Yeah. and his girlfriend's like, he was was using a saw and it's come back and, and hit him and I'm thinking, oh, my God, his nose is off. Like, I was prepped for this. And I was like, we're going to do this. And I brought him in and laid him down. And he was like, I think I'm going to vomit. I've swallowed so much blood. And I was like, I have to, like, I have to have a look. And and I pull it back and <laughs> there was blood everywhere. But there was literally just a graze down the side of his nose and a graze <laughs> just above his eye. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And he's like, what? And his girlfriend's like, oh, my God, everything's fine. And she's like, you seem disappointed. And I was like, I was a little bit. like. <laughs> I feel like I've had almost the exact same thing, um, except 
there was a it was the same like young guy and he had a towel wrapped around his foot i can't exactly remember what happened but he was fucking hysterical and you know when people get hysterical and you start feeding off that energy and you start getting really panicked like i don't know what the fuck i'm gonna find when i take this towel off and you think like am i gonna get like sprayed in the face with blood like is he having an arterial bleed like there was there was enough blood on the towel that i was concerned and he had done it up really tight so i was like okay i'm scared and exactly the same thing i took it off and i was like what the fuck? Like you feel like you can't breathe before you take these things off. And then because you think, well, for someone to be this hysterical, it must be dreadful. And like, you you know, it must be a, a life-threatening injury. <laughs> and then it comes off and you're like, what the fuck? And you like almost have to come down like off the adrenaline, I reckon. Mm. You just get disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, I was so relieved. You're like, oh, <laughs> When I worked on the um, cattle station, we were quickly um, dehorning and castrating cows, and the oh. and in the <laughs> in the um, yard that we were in, it had um, tetanus in the soil, so we couldn't leave the cows in there. So we had to get them in and get them out. Anyway, I was working the um, the crush that you put the cow's head in, and one of the blokes has gone in with the. Um, like the clippers to chop off oh, yeah. the little mini horns and then my job was to paint the the horn with like this tar stuff and then antibiotically like antiseptic stuff and then send them off. Anyway, I've obviously gone in and like put the crush down on a cow's head as the bloke was pushing the cow's head back because it had come in too far and then when he's gone to like cut the thing, I'm like, you've got blood all over you. Now, there was blood everywhere because when you cut a cow's horn, blood comes they off. They squirt, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he goes, I don't know, and he held his hands up and his finger, like his forefinger was missing. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? Anyway, he looked at his hand and he just went, oh, shit, and then he fainted. Like he just fainted cold. So I yell out, oh, my God, I've ripped his finger off. <laughs> so we're trying to find his finger in this, like, tetanus-filled Cow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I've never done any nursing. I like tourniquet's arm with a bit from the car, the like Ute's roof, and we drive it to the homestead. And then I get to give him an injection in his ass because from the box, I've got the tetanus injection, which was like bottle number 184. And I jumped him in the ass. And then we've got him flowing off to get his finger reattached, which we put in a bucket of water. <laughs> so that's my limb experience. It's unsavable. I've got nothing on you, bro. That, that that's beats anyone's story. What the fuck? I thought I would get to see cool stuff as a nurse and I never have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm gonna get it laughing so much. Oh my god, I'm fucking crying. <laughs> You're on the full weasel then, eh? Laughing. <laughs> okay, that is gold. That's the best fucking story. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. The joys of being a cowgirl before I was a nurse. Yeah, it, it pays yeah. off. Yeah. I didn't know where that story was going. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Did you find that made finger in the end? 
Yeah, so we found it and the boys were like, what do we do with it? And I said, I don't know, we should put it in ice. And they're like, it's fucking 40 degrees out here, Kelly. We're in Mount Isa, (laughs) just two hours out of Mount Isa in Queensland. So we just put it in a, um, like a, one of the drinking bottle coolers. And I mean, that you shouldn't do that, by the way. If you get a limb, do not put it in water. Oh, people do. Smells up like four times the size. Yeah. This poor kid, though, he was like out cold. He was. He just looked at his hand, realised he didn't have a finger and fainted. And I was like, oh, it's pussies. That's I love the faint today. The faint is a... Oh, makes me laugh. Um, the the blokes that normally come to do that, the um, steers, like the cattle horns, they normally have like three teeth, rough as guts, like smoking three cigarettes yeah. while they're doing the cautery. Yeah. Like, oh, did they have a cauterizer? You could have just while he was yeah. out. We didn't cauterize. We just like, yeah. Well, I did think about branding the end of it, so <laughs> I just oh, chose to tourniquet probably very wrongly and just oh. hung it from his because he was passed out. When we put him in the front of the ute, I just like hung the um, his arm up to like the you know the, the holder at the top, yeah. the Jesus handle. And just like hung it up there. <laughs> what can I? I can imagine this guy in the car already. Yeah, I can see him. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, rocking up to ED in the back of the back of, of, the car, back of a car. Oh oh. Uh, poor bastard. Poor anyway, guy. that was you know story time. They ever reattached his finger? Yeah, they didn't. Guy. He was really annoyed too because he was a bull rider and it was like his hand that he grips with and he really wanted it back on. He was like, I don't care if it doesn't work, just get it back on. I can't bull ride with three fingers. And yeah. I'm lucky. Yeah. Oh, God. You can't do anything. So, Kelly, did you actually do that to his finger? Well, I don't actually know how it happened, but I do assume. You're the finger stealer. I assume that it got caught in the crush when he was, like, pushing the cow back. But he knew, like, it was a pretty clean rip. I'm surprised he didn't feel it. Are you sure he didn't cut it with the um, snip? Well, how do you cut it with your own, how do you cut your own finger? Maybe he yeah. the horn. <laughs> mm, anyway. Oh, my God. That was great. Um, like, we need to come down from that story I know, now. I was thinking, Jesus. <laughs> Um, obviously, with with uh, working in an ED and trauma, it's like high energy and high adrenaline. So, how do yeah. you, you know, unwind and switch off after a shift? Yeah, cool. Look, I've got a little ritual. Like, I always park my car further away from the ED. It sounds really weird, but I walk. That's and smart. Generally, yeah, so safety, it's generally safety of men walking at night. Yeah, walking at night. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, like, I kind of like don't get a lot of people say, "Do you want to lift?" And I say, "No." It's just my mental time to sort of think about it. Yeah. I've got an hour drive home from oh. any I've worked at an ED. I've generally had an hour drive home, an hour to work. Yeah. So that's yeah. just been good because I just get that mental time to listen to something or I generally call my sister from overseas and chat with her. Um, but that's how I wind down. I generally try and debrief if it's been hectic. Yeah. I've had a couple of recent pretty hectic cases. So I generally try and debrief with everyone else. Um, but it actually is hard. Like you get home, especially if you've stayed back, sometimes an hour, two hours and you're still up. So I've sort of learned to not go and pretend to try and go to bed because it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So you, you're just kicking yourself. So that's why I just sort of run, ran a bit just to sort of mentally wind down, do a bit of exercise. Um, yeah. That's what I do. 
Um, some people do other things, but that's just what I do generally. Today um, I had the yeah. best shower. It was like mm. the nicest shower I've ever had. And it was the first time in a long time that I've put a podcast on. I actually put yours on. And I've come out of the shower and I was like, that was the best shower I've ever fucking had. It was just nice yeah. to like, I don't know, not be just thinking your own thoughts and just kind of thinking along with someone else. Like just mm. kind of gives your brain that time to go zhuzh. That's why I listen to podcasts when I cook after yeah. work. Like go home, cook everyone dinner and listen to, you know, whatever I'm listening to at the time because, you know, the emotional load, most mm. my job's not adrenaline filled. It's so emotion filled that uh, for me to let that go. And I'm a Cancerian, so I like hold on to a lot of emotion. So for me to be able to let that go, um, I only... I don't get the drive home by myself anymore because I always have to pick my kid up from after school care and so she just like talks the whole way home. And <laughs> like, sometimes I get home and I'm like, wow. Lost every like, thought you ever had. Yeah. <laughs> and that girl can talk. Sure. <laughs> yeah. The other day I um, one of my, Sarah who works with us, she always sits in her car in the carport for yeah. like 20, 30 minutes when she gets home. Like she just can't get out of the car sometimes. Yeah, and on. the other day I was like, I need time by myself. And I pulled up outside of um, like after school care and I just sat there in the car with like no noise and my eyes shut. And then I get a knock on the window because they've seen me. So they brought a mirror. Oh. <laughs> I was like fucking rude. Like, <laughs> oh, I wasn't ready. <laughs> so, some people say you can't eat your feelings, but I tell you what, I mean, chicken burger on the way home or a sleepy <laughs> beer. I don't know. But if I've had a tough one, I don't, I'm not lying to you. I'd definitely smash a bit of Mac as I Do you know what I do if I've had like – so I have a ritual now that if I have an arrest in my shift, I'll find someone on the ward who's a smoker and go out for a smoke with them. <laughs> That's so good. Like <laughs> and even like sometimes I'll like some of the staff will come back to my house and we'll just have cigarettes. <laughs> it's stupid. But it's so good and it just forces you to take deep breaths. I mean you could meditate. Anyway, that's my little tactic. You gotta you gotta have something, Kate. You can't like follow the rest of everyone else doing their thing. Like some people have no. alcohol and I have well, yeah. Sneaky recess cigarettes. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Can you come back to recess? Hang on a minute. <laughs> 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 no, if there's a recess, it's like, where's Alicia? Oh, she's out having a recess, Siggy. <laughs> she hasn't recovered yet. Yeah. The question for the audience is do you have recess, Siggies? Come on. Recess, Siggy? Could be the new trend in nursing. Could start it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then I'll have plenty of patience for the rest of my career. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, except it's only the nurses who are shit magnets that will be out there smoking. Yeah, that's very mm. true. And they'll do a pack, man. Some people just attract crap, don't they? This girl. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, some people are like the calm, a real calm. They have a shift in your so I literally, when I was after hours manager, never, never had. Really? I, I barely had, I think the most dramatic thing I ever had was a kid that got burns. Really? And I remember and one day you had someone in SVT and you were like, oh, this is my first day with me or something like. <laughs> I was like not even scared because I know SVT is not that bad. I was like, where's the adenosine? Let's I go. Remember, and now I remember I... looking at the patient and being like, 
um, why am I here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, can he blow into this syringe? And he thought I was crazy. Oh, that was like, do you know, and the worst part was like I took, I begged a doctor to come over. So I like was like, oh, my God, he's an SVT. Not for me, but to get the doctor quicker. And then as the doctor walked in the room, he was saying, have you done this? Have you done that? And then the patient hiccuped on something. Boop, 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 back to normal. I was like, are you? Yeah, he walked in and the doctor goes, oh, you're right. And so then I went to go because I was like, oh, the, well, the urgent care nurse can take over now. And so I went and had a coffee and by the time I got back from having a coffee, they discharged him. And I was I was like, wow. I was like, I said to the doctor, oh, you scared him back into a normal rhythm. He did not want to talk to you. I reckon that's a new one. No resub Siggy, just scare the shite out of anyone in SVT. <laughs> Do you know, so I've only been back at work for three shifts after having my baby. And, like, the cleaners and the porters, like, the orderlies have been saying to me, oh, did you put a sign out the front saying you were back at work? Like, people, they, I'm serious, people know that if I'm at work, it's like, on. you will get everything and anything coming in. And I hate it because then if everybody has a bad shift, they all blame me. Like, yeah. like I'm the shit stick. Yep. We've got one at work, her name's Shelly. Whenever Shelly's on, you're like, oh, gosh. Like, tonight will be a night. We'll all be having yeah. recess at the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> on the darts. <laughs> oh, good. It's good fun. Like, you got to enjoy it. Yeah, That's absolutely. It. And you know, it's interesting what you said before. How you're like, oh, you've been working in ED for 11 years or whatever it is, and there's only been two days where you wish you weren't there. I, that sort of made me go, oh, how many days do I wish I wasn't at work? And it's it doesn't happen often. Like, I feel like I fucking love my job as much as sometimes I whinge about it, and I hate that. It is ultimately so busy when I'm at work. Maybe I feel like it's just me, but maybe it's not. But, um, yeah, I still feel like I froth it. And, like, today, had a crazy, crazy day, but loved it. Like, loved how yeah. crazy it was. And when I left, yeah. I was like, oh, that's nice. I don't have to be there anymore. But then yeah. I don't dread going back. Like, no, yeah. Love and that's it. why I mentioned, you said me- mental preparation. Like, I think because I enjoy it. I mentally look forward to going. I mentally look forward to seeing, thinking, oh, yeah. like, for example, like we had a dude the other day who's got like Stephen Johnson syndrome. It's like, anyway, it's like a one in a million case. So I'm like, ah! so I get really excited. Mm. Like I actually really have read about it. I've learned about it. I've taught about it, but then I see the patient. So I think I get like a bit excited because there's always a diagnosis somewhere in the ED that you might not have seen. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Excited, But there's always going to be a patient that will annoy you, if that makes sense. But... <laughs> I don't know. It's just the way you deal with it. I think I've always looked at it as I'm a positive person. So for me, it's I think that I can make a difference and I think other people can be better at what they do. So I go, well, we can – and it's a team. It's not just me. If ED was just me, it would be a freaking horrible place to come to. Yeah. Um, it would be – they would just, like, have a headache. They would hate me talking at them. They would just get over it. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, like, you know, you, you've got so many good people you work with that really make it fun. And so you come there and, like – I don't know, you're getting paid out from the moment you walk in. It's super fun. Like, oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I said to someone today at work, like, I missed the banter, not being there. Like, you mm. laugh so many times when you're at work and I forgot about yeah. that. Like, I, you know, you, you, and I built up in my head, like, going back was going to be shit. Like, I decided that maybe I didn't want to go back and maybe I'll work somewhere else. Or, um, and then I went back and I was like, mate, I've missed it. I love it. 
and people like your colleagues, they're fucking funny. You might not hear from them for a year when you have a baby, but you come back and it's like nothing's changed and they're your best friends again. Oh, it's yeah. so true, eh? Hey? <laughs> oh, what do you want? Let's go out tomorrow. Oh, yeah, whatever. And like, oh, I thank God you're back. La, la, la. I said to you when you were like, I don't know if I want to go back. Maybe I need to do something else. I'm like, just go back, mate. You'll be yeah. you'll be back two days, and it'll be like you never left, and you'll be absolutely fine. It's yeah, like, it's just you know that change between working point eight, wanting it to be your baby and taking control of everything, to just dropping back after you have a kid, and work is not your life anymore. Yeah, your that's family true. is your life so you go to work to do your job but then you leave and you don't need to get involved in all that other oh yeah you know, shit I love me my part-time That'll life come when your kid gets older yeah, yeah exactly you obsessed with it like it can become like you know you're staying back and you're like i mean when i did trauma it was like two hours overtime every day pretty much yeah it was like the culture of you stay back because your patient comes in tomorrow you're gonna have to yeah. see them with three chest strains in and you know and all this stuff but I think you're right. You've got to set a boundary where you can have a healthy lifestyle. I've got a very healthy lifestyle outside of work. Yeah. Where yeah. I you know, do stuff with my kids or I run or I surf or I'm interested in other things more than just what I do. But I do yeah. really enjoy what I do. So I do find myself yeah. reading about it because I actually am interested in it. More yeah. More than saying, oh, look, I know the knowledge about this. It's actually, I actually go, well, I'm, I think you've got to feed yourself as well. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, yeah. You feel you feel yeah. your buffer up. But you, you don't give out all your information. Like, because I think that's the problem. Sometimes as educators, or we give out all the information we know, but it's like we've got to sometimes keep something for ourselves that we yeah. haven't quite understood stuff. So a lot of times I go, I don't know that actually. Like, I've got no clue. But I'll that look it up like and we'll look it up together. Let's find out. Yeah, that's like that's the epitome of a good educator. Like, when they, like, you don't know what you don't know. And when it comes up and you go, oh, well, let's go find out. Like, that's. Yeah, because half the time. Yeah, it's good because you can't know everything. If you think you do, you're off your head. <laughs> yeah, and that's when you start making like that's when you make mistakes and and if you Get think you know it all, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think everyone should be able to say, actually, I don't really know the answer to that. I say it all the time, <laughs> especially with like new heme patients and things coming through. Like they'll ask me something, I'll be like, I'm going to refer you to the blood cancer nurse because yeah. like I have no idea and. You know, like we've been seeking education on those things so that I can build my knowledge a little bit more around it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, taxing. difficult. It is oh. taxing because it's a taxing job. Nursing is like, oh. you know, like as much as we all love it and we all love our job, that's why we have podcasts on nursing in fields that we love. And, yep. you know, like Alicia and I, we started this podcast to share, you know, that dark humour and the the – underworld of nursing that no one talks about but everyone thinks because we you know we wanted to have a laugh at our careers but at the same time we're like very passionate about doing a good job Mm. yeah now i feel like i've said that and i don't know what it is i like the way it it rolled off it came organically it did yeah all right (laughs) There's no, I reckon if you don't like it, then people should, like, I get it, it's security. Like, most people do it because yeah. they go, oh, it gives me an income. But I'm, I'm heaps big on wanting people to find out what they actually like doing. Like, the amount of times mm. I've bounced people out of nursing, help them get out of nursing is, like, yeah. a lot. Like, and they love it. They're like, oh, dude, I'm a flipping Botox nurse or 
I've started my own cafe or I'm like, yeah, you know, decided to jump on board and be an accountant. And I'm like, sick, how good's that? Can I work yeah. Like, you know, like you I think <laughs> yeah. networking. So I think yeah. if you want the best for somebody, like stay in your freaking lane. That's what I do. I try and stay in my lane and I try to see the best in what I'm doing in my environment. Yeah. The, the day it's not fun for me is the day I'll go, maybe I'll try something else. That's yeah. yeah, I love and that. I think- and I feel like more people need to take that on board, especially people like that are maybe older and yeah. maybe gotten a bit kind of past it in some ways. <laughs> I feel like if you don't enjoy it, go and do something you enjoy. Like you can spot a nurse who hates her job. Yeah, like they're not because hard to spot. Their patients don't like them. Exactly. Yeah. But also, like I see these, um, you know, students in grads who are like, you know, I'm going to specialize in this particular area, and then they never deviate from that plan. And I'm like. There is so much in nursing and if you don't want to go bedside and you want to go straight into, you know, theatre or ICU or, you know, like med surge isn't for you, like this whole thought that if you don't do med surge, you can't do anything else, Mm. just it really grates on me because I just think that you and in my nursing career, I've been a nurse for 22 years, I have worked in so many different areas and I don't know if oncology is going to be my end point, but I fucking love it right now. Mm. So... I just think can, there's so much out there. Can I add to that? Two things. First thing is when I was a student, I was convinced I was going to be a paediatric nurse. And you see like a tiny amount of nursing when you're a student, right? I was convinced I was going to be a peds nurse. So then I did all of my placements in peds, as many as I could. Mistake. Like I will say going to the Royal Children's was amazing and that was like life-changing as a student. But it was a, still probably a mistake because I didn't get anywhere near the amount of, like, education that I should have tried to get. And then the second thing was because I was so convinced that I was going to be a peds nurse, then I didn't care about my grad year because I was like, I'm going to end up in mm. peds. And then I didn't. I went to theatre, fell in love with theatre, fell in love with it, and then stayed there. And then I left theatre and now I work in charge at this small hospital Having never worked on a medical ward in my life, yeah. only ever worked surgical kids and theatre, and then yeah. like now and now, I mean, I was always confident that I could assess a patient though. Like I was always like, I can assess the shit out of a patient, but I had no medical knowledge whatsoever. Like I, looking back, I shouldn't have pigeonholed myself so early. Like I should have tried to gain more experience and like open my eyes a bit more. I was very like. I uh, had a lot like tunnel vision. Now I, yeah, I sort of look back and go, shit, like <laughs> I would know so much more. I would have had like a better idea and yeah, probably been yeah. more confident. But yeah, it's, it's very quick as you're, when you're a student, you, you want direction. You want to figure out what, you, what you're going to do. And same as like when you're in high school, it's all this pressure to figure it out. And um, we all just need to be a bit easier on ourselves and just work it out as we go along because no one's got all the fucking answers. No. <sighs> I, I love what you said then. I could second that too. Like I think so many people want, and I don't know if it's just a generational thing or if it's just where we're at, is that we want everything at once. Like we want to be, like mm. people go to you and come up to me or other people around me, oh, I want to be a CNS and ED or I want to be this, like you said. But I think you got to you got to do the rotations elsewhere, the crappy rotations yeah. in ED or stroke wards or do your time because on those journeys, like, you have those things that you remember. Like I remember on the ward when I had a patient who 
I thought they had sleep apnea, they were freaking hypoxic. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a new grad. I've got no, no idea, bro. All the times when I've gone, even as an educator, I bought over a BiPAP machine. Like, we're all fluffing around, like, you know, dog's breakfast. And I was like, in my own world, I don't know what was going on. And I put the patient on BiPAP. Long story short, every, it was just so crazy. Like, there's all this stuff going on. Long story short, I didn't plug it into the freaking oxygen. Oh, <laughs> Old mate's getting a lot of flow. Like, old mate's hanging out the window at 120, you know, we bike out. Old mate's got a too. Went to come in and sat to like, and then someone goes, you need to be plugged in. <laughs> I think too, like, you don't know, you don't know what you're going to like. Like, I thought when, when they told me I was going to theatre, I was like, a trained fucking monkey could do that job. <laughs> And then I got there and I absolutely loved it. And even like I did I did a district nursing placement and um, they put me with the stomal therapist and I was like, what a oh, fucking I love joke. stomal therapy. Yeah, so I was like, yeah. what a fucking joke. I'm like, who wants to deal with fucking people shitting out of their abdomen all day? Like I'm not interested. <laughs> well, it was the best. It was the mm. best experience and the chick who was doing it was so passionate and her patients like, I was like, oh, these people have had like, really big diagnoses and now they've got a shit into a bag and that's really sad and this woman's doing such a good job like I was so impressed and I was like I want to be a stomach therapist <laughs> and then I had a baby and then I was like I want to help women with their like vaginas after birth and now I'm like less enthusiastic about that it's like i don't know new things come along all the time that open your eyes it's funny my manager today was like we really need to get some more people through idu and i was like eh, yeah. <laughs> not not happening <laughs> it's like me with hearts yeah. the only reason i went into theater was because in my grad program they were like cardiac or theater I was like, hands down, theatre. I uh, screw hearts. Don't even <laughs> want to go anywhere near them. <laughs> oh, you are so funny. Oh, thank you. <laughs> screw hearts. Yeah. Oh, well, I feel like we digress. Yeah. Again. Again. Thanks for joining us today, Benny. Yeah. You, it's been amazing. I've yeah, loved it's been it. So good. Yeah. <laughs> I'd seriously, if you guys did stand up, I would definitely come with a wow. A couple of. <laughs> <laughs> Because I always wanted to be a radio host or a comedian, but I don't have the talent. And I always wanted to be a professional um, performer in musicals. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Not she sure has. She's so good at it. She's so good at it. Yeah. No. She does theatre and theatre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to literally write in my bios, like because I do amateur theatre, this is totally off topic. I used to write theatre nurse by day, Theatre performer by night. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I love Jesus. It. I'll send you an autograph, Benny. Please, please. <laughs> like, can I come to a matinee show? Yeah. No, you tired ass. You come to the Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Instagram at edjam underscore podcast. We'll link it in the show notes and his podcast, ed or edjam, wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram at True Humorous Nurses Podcast. And don't forget to send us an email if you have any cool stories or any feedback. Uh, humorousnurses at gmail.com. That's humorous like the bone. H-U-M-E-R-U-S. Bye. Bye. Bye.